Thank you for doing this for you, Pastor. Thank you. Pastors need days like this. They really do. I probably told you that before. And uh, I know it's Pastor's Day. And I know you got some things for him. I, I just want to I want to minister to you in just a moment. Uh, anybody watching baseball? Anybody watching the playoffs? So the Astros won last night in the bottom of the ninth. So I guess the World Series. I just wondered if you. There's a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Now I'm gonna get serious. Bob and Earl were good friends, and they talked about baseball all the time. And uh, they said, "Do you said Do you think there's baseball in heaven? I mean, they just love baseball like you do football. And so, well, I don't know. You know, well, long story short, Bob died. And one night, uh, Earl was sitting there in the living room, and he heard Bob's voice. He said, Bob, is that you? He said, yeah, it's me. He said, I've got to ask you. I've just, I've got to ask you, Bob, is there baseball in heaven? He said, yes, there is. He said, I've got some good news and bad news. He said, well, what's the good news? He said, it's there. He said, all right. He was jumping up and down. He said, what possibly could be the bad news? He said, you're pitching tomorrow night. So... <laughs> Now, I said that to set up everything I'm going to do. I'm not saying God wants you in heaven tomorrow. <laughs> but since or if we're staying here, if we're going to stay here, God wants us to be on top of our game. I mean, if we're going to, you know, unless, until we go to heaven, he wants us to be on top of our game. He wants us to mount up with wings of eagles. And I want to talk to you about something. And I remember, and I probably said this, and, and I, that's all I've done this month is Pastor Appreciation Days. So I've traveled a lot. So, so, uh, but I tell, tell them the same thing. When I was a pastor and somebody would be invited in, and I would think to myself, oh, boy, what are they going to talk about? You know, I just hope they don't talk about me the whole time. And he said, I hope they minister to the people. That's how I felt. And... Uh, so that's the way I try to do it. I try to minister to everybody here, and I want to do that. I'm going to talk about the passion just a little bit at the end, but I, I want to minister to everybody. See, we're created to soar. We are. We, we, and if we're not soaring, God wants to renew our strength, even today. He still needs the church. He still needs the church, all of us. He needs us. The world needs us. And what a mess the world is in. Amen? Because you can't, I mean, the world's a mess. I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it there. You, you know, you can't, when you can't figure out which bathroom to use, we're, we're in a mess. We're messed up somewhere. My mom used to say, if it gets any worse, I'm going to the mountains. Meemaw probably remembers us. <laughs> it gets any worse, I'm going to the mountains. And, and we're like that. I think... If there was somewhere else to go, we would go. I mean, sometimes things just get so bad. It's kind of like Lot. The Bible, you remember Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah, says his soul was being vexed day by day by the things which he heard and which he saw. And Webster says the word vexed means frustrated or worried, 
The NIV says he was tormented in his soul. He was tormented in his soul. It was beating him down. Life can beat you down sometimes, but God's here to pick us up. Amen. So you ready for the word? Amen. I want you to stand with me if you would. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. Just put, your, put a mark in there. 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, we go go back, Brother Tommy. We're not, that's not the first one. I'm just getting, if they have their Bibles, I want them to. I'm going to read that there because I can see that easier than this book sometimes. That's the way I did my, that's the way I did my church. And now I'll go back to Second Kings or First Kings 19. First Kings 19. I want us to I want us to look at something here and and beginning with verse one. If you're reading in your Bible, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do make your life like that of one of them. In other words, you'll be dead by tomorrow. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush or juniper tree, you, your Bible may say, sat there under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. How many said that before? I have had enough. <laughs> Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. How many knows God knows what journey we need to take, and he supplies everything we need? So he got up. And ate and drank, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So now I want you to look at 2 Kings, just real quick, the end of the story. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Father, we love you. We're, we're just pilgrims. This is not our home. We're on our way home. But we need your word. We need to hear from you. And Lord, this word, oftentimes we'll look for a rhema word. But God, this word is so fresh. You are speaking today through your word. Touch us. May we leave here differently than we came. We ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Turn around and high-five your neighbor. Say, it's good to see you in the Lord's house. Where did I lay my water? I don't know where it laid. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't have a necessarily a set of sermons that I preach for Pastor Appreciation Day. In fact, I have never preached this sermon for Pastor Appreciation Day. But as I prayed for this week, and I do, I, I'm not just a... a a series of sermons and a robot because I want God to do what he wants to do here today. And so as I prayed, the Lord directed me to this. In fact, it was later this week. I thought I had everything set up for today, and the Lord directed me to this. And how many knows he knows best? In fact, he knows the end before it begins. So I want to give you what the Lord has given me today. Elijah is a name that's spoken in both the Old and New Testament. The name Elijah means my God is Yahweh or Jehovah is my strength. He was born in Tishbe, which is a northern kingdom of Israel, and he was a prophet of God. How I many knows he was a prophet? You know him. So other prophets spoke of Elijah. Even Jesus spoke of Elijah. He was God's messenger, God's man of faith and power. Fire burned in his eyes. He spoke the word of the Lord with authority. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him, well, you know. I mean, you know the story. The Bible says it seemed like he was super anointed. The Bible says the Spirit came upon Elijah one time, and he outran Ahab's chariot. He outran the horses when the Spirit came upon him. And, you know, you don't see something like that very often, but I remember one time we were at a camp meeting service, and they brought this elderly man in. He was really old. He must have been in his late 80s. And he's, he's on a walker, and they're holding him up. He can't even walk on his walker. So he's like this. He's coming in like that. Sometime during the service, I saw the power of God fall. And I just happened to look up. And here went this man running. I don't mean running. The man was running. And I mean, it just, it just almost, I mean, like, I, I was breathless almost. This, because this place where we hold camp meeting, you know, there's a gymnasium sideways. So it was long ways, and they had altars. When he got to the altars, he jumped them. He jumped the altars. He made, a, and I was counting. I was real spiritual. I counted the laps. He ran 11 laps around that building. Now, you know how he left the building that night? Just like that. And so uh, I understood what Elijah, that's the kind of miraculous things that was happening to Elijah. He saw these things as a man of God. He loved God, believed God. He was a miracle worker of God. He was anointed by the Spirit of God, so anointed that the only thing that his assistant ask when he was about to leave, will you give me a double portion of your spirit? I mean, well, can I have double this? This is all he wanted. He appeared to be almost superhuman. 
But how many knows that life's circumstances can sometimes cause us to connect with our humanity? That's exactly what happened to Elijah in 1 Kings 19. God had brought judgment to Ahab and Jezebel, and he was using Elijah to do it. Now, King Ahab, if, if you don't, married, he married Jezebel, not an Israelite, but she was from the country of Sidon. And so she was a worshiper of God Baal. She was a worshiper of Baal. That's who her God was. She brought with her 450 prophets of this God, 450 prophets of Baal. So Elijah confronts Ahab and Jezebel, and he calls for a showdown on Mount Carmel. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story in 1 Kings 18. They build two altars, and they begin to pray, and he, begin, he waits on them, and they're cutting themselves and praying. And he says, your gods must be asleep. There's something wrong. And when they finished, finally exhausted everything they could do, and their God wasn't listening because he said, we're going to pray that the real God sends fire from heaven and licks up the altar, licks up everything on the altar. Well, he had to pour barrels of water on the altar before he prayed. And when he prayed, God answered miraculously. And uh, he said this, I'm reclaiming Israel for God. I'm reclaiming Israel for God. Fire came down. He turned and killed the prophets. He was an all-time he was on an all-time spiritual high. I mean, that's a, that'd be a high, wouldn't it? But in 1 Kings 19 and 1 says, When Ahab and Jezebel heard what he had done, when she heard what he had done for her prophets, she sent word and said, By tomorrow, this time, you're a dead man. How many knows that you can just hear something? Come on now. And your faith can take a hit? You can just hear something and your faith can, it can set you back if you're not careful. So Elijah, superhuman man of God, connects with his humanity. He's on an incredible spiritual high and in just a moment steps off and plunges into a pit of depression. Now we've all been there once or twice. Amen. No act spiritual. I've been around a long time. We've all been there once or twice, haven't we? We've had these great moments with God when everything's wonderful. I mean, we're just cruising along. It seems like we pray and God answers. It just seems like we have the faith and God just simply shows up. And then we see something or hear something and some circumstance takes place in our life and we find ourselves in the valley, sitting under a tree, praying the same prayer as Elijah, Lord, just let me die. Has it ever been so heavy sometimes you just say, God, I wish the rapture had happened today? That's the same thing. I mean, it hits us all, and we just feel like, Lord, if you just come on and take me out of here, just get me out of here. Now, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with Elijah sitting under a tree. There's nothing wrong with it, but he's lost sight of his future. All of a sudden, he's lost sight of God's purpose for his future. He's wanting God to let him check out. He's convinced that he's the only man left serving God. And you may be sitting under your own tree today thinking, can anyone really stand up under the pressures of life? Wouldn't it be great if life was easy all the time? Wouldn't it be great if ministry was easy all the time? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be? No headaches, no heartaches, no setbacks. 
and our faith never took a hit. Whether we asked, whatever we asked God, he would give it to us. Whatever we asked him tonight would be waiting on us in the morning. Well, that'd be great. Kind of like Gideon. You know, Gideon prayed. He put out a fleece and he said, Lord, let the fleece be wet and the ground dry. Now, most of us would have said, and it was. The fleece was wet and the ground was dry. Most of us would say, wow, that's good enough. But he said, oh, okay, Lord, tonight, <laughs> let the ground be wet and the fleece dry. And it was. I mean, wouldn't it? <laughs> or Daniel. Daniel, who just asked God for an interpretation, and it came. Lord, what's this mean? And it was right there the next morning. But you remember one time it wasn't? It wasn't there. It wasn't there for two days, three days, for 21 days went by. And you want to know, really, what was Daniel thinking? But I think we get our answer after 21 days when the angel came to him. The first thing he said to Daniel was, oh, by the way, Daniel, God loves you. Because, I mean, sometimes you wonder, God, do you still love me? Are you still in the corner with me? Are you still fighting with me? Are you still here with me? You see all that's happening on. He said, oh, by the way, Daniel, thou art greatly beloved. Number two, the second thing the angel said, oh, Daniel, God heard your prayer 21 days ago. <laughs> uh, you know why he said that? Because Daniel had to wonder. He was used to seeing miracles. He was used to getting the answer the next day. And for 21 days, it had to be agony for him. And so the angel told him, Daniel, God heard your prayer. But there are things happening out there that you know nothing about. But God's got you back. <laughs> you do what you're called to do, Daniel. You do what you're supposed to do. God's got you. Don't worry. And so Elijah is here. He's at an all-time low. But listen to me. I think 1 Kings 19 can give us a little bit of encouragement. We find ourselves sometimes depressed. Our faith can take some hits. We can be knocked around or knocked down. But thank God we don't have to stay there. Paul said, knocked down but not defeated, perplexed on every side, but not to the point of despair, never giving up. So we don't have to stay there. Some things we experience in life, and even in the church, are going to discourage us. And it's going to, we're going to experience some downswings. But God doesn't intend for us to stay there. Amen. God doesn't intend for us to stay. Because when we stay there, we lose our productivity. We don't get anything done. I don't know who I'm talking to. Hey, sometimes I talk to, I teach preachers and preach to preachers. And I've taught college classes with preachers. They're getting ready to pastor. And I'm saying sometimes you can't see the end, but God can. Don't, sometimes we worry too much. You know, we worry too much about things. We preach we plant, somebody else waters, but God gives the increase. We can't make anything happen. God does that. And that's the way in your life, in our individual lives. God takes care of those things. The longer we sit there and stay down, the more we die. Our dreams die. Our hopes die. Our spirit dies. Our energy level dies. Our purpose dies. Amen. We stay. You remember, the, you remember the bones that were buried in Ezekiel 37? They weren't dead because they spoke. They said our hope is cut off. I mean, we, we don't have much going for us here. Look what's going on. And so they, were, they, 
they were alive. They were just covered up with junk, just stuff. And their faith had took a hit. And somebody just had to breathe on them. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We could even say our calling dies as a church. The Greek word for the church is ecclesia, which means one's called out. We've been called out of darkness. We've been called outside these walls. We've been called out of our discouragement back to the front lines. God needs us strong now. He needs us encouraged, not discouraged. Webster said the word discouragement means a loss of enthusiasm. Number two, dispiritedness. That's powerful. We can lose our spirit. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word translates spirit sometimes as heart. One place it is in Numbers, he said the heart of Israel was discouraged. The heart of Israel. In Joshua, he said Israel had lost heart. They had a broken spirit. And so Israel said, we don't know what we're going to do. We need a bigger army. And God said, you don't need a bigger army. You need a bigger revelation. You need to see me. If you see me. See, it's hard to get up on the outside when you're down on the inside. It's hard to get up. God can't do any more for us than is in us. Come on now. God can't do any more with us than is in us. God wants us big on the inside. Amen. Come on. He wants us big on the inside. The revelation of who God is has got to be big on the inside of us. Paul said in Ephesians 4, Do not give the devil a foothold. One, your Bible may say, give no place to the devil. Don't give the enemy opportunity to steal your heart, your spiritual drive. Amen. We, we all have a spiritual drive. All of us. In fact, uh, Paul said in Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And the word means, the word fervor there means hot, glowing so if you want to be hot for somebody, be hot for Jesus. Amen? Keep your spiritual fervor. Be hot for the Lord, serving the Lord. See, because your zeal is your energy, Webster says. Your fervor is your passion. How many of you are hunters? Anybody hunt? Oh, yeah. You know what it's like to be out there in cold? It's cold. The older I get, the less warm heat I waste in my house. I always know where the heat is. But how many times you've been out there, you're so cold, you can't feel your feet. You can't feel your hands. And you're just like, I think I'd rather be anywhere else than right here. And then you hear something. It's just a, just a movement in the leaves. And your heart starts pumping. Your heart starts pumping. You start getting ready. You, it's surprisingly how it warms you up. And you get all, and you hear that little noise, and little noise, and you look up, and there's a chickmunk. <laughs> it's no different than fishing. You know, you have to enjoy the ride. My dad used to tell me, we didn't catch a thing. And my dad used to tell me before he we went on home to be with the Lord, he said, you know what, though? It's a good day for a picnic. Woo! 
I think that's kind of like Paul said. I have learned to be content with whatever circumstance I find myself in. And so even when the fish is not biting, you're sitting out there like, hey, it couldn't be any worse. And then you feel a little tug like that. And all of a sudden, that's, you know what that is? Your zeal, your energy, your passion coming back. It comes back. The New English Version says, be enthusiastic in spirit. Be enthusiastic in spirit. Don't lose your passion. If you get knocked down, get back up. Get back up. Don't let the devil put his foot on you. Don't stay there long. Paul said we might be knocked down, but not defeated. We're not going to give up. We're going to get back up. Hallelujah. Back in the fight. Now, I know people say sometimes, preacher, what's the use? Because God needs us back on our feet. God needs you and me back on our feet. We get back up. That's what we do. That's just what we do. So what did the angel mean when he told Elijah, get up and eat? Elijah, get up and eat. Because Elijah had laid down. He was depressed. He was discouraged. He didn't feel like going any further. I know preachers that go through this. So I know we as parishioners go through it. They just don't. And he said, Elijah, get up and eat. When a person gets, when they give up, when they get depressed, they don't feel like eating. You go to a hospital sometimes and, and people are pretty bad off or they don't think they're going to live. And they'll say, I don't want anything to eat. Just forget it. You know why? Because they've given up. They don't want any nutrition. Elijah said, life as I know it is over. Life as I know it is over. But the angel was telling Elijah, get up and eat and get on with your ministry. God's not finished with you yet. You can't stay depressed very long, the Lord said. I need you. I need you. So Elijah got up and ate and traveled 40 days and 40 nights till he came to Horeb, the mount of God, and went into a cave. That's like going into our bedroom and shutting the blinds and pulling the covers over our heads. Come on now. That's what it's like. And so the next time the Lord spoke to Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? He sends him back the way that he came. You've done all this traveling for now. See, when we lose heart, we're like a zombie. We're going through the motions. There have been times in my ministry, I remember, you just go through the motions because that's what you're supposed to do. And so when, we're, when we lose heart, we, we're headed somewhere, just not in the right direction. I mean, we're going somewhere, we just don't know where we're going. And it's hard to hear God. You can't hear God like you need to. And so God finally got through to Elijah and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Go back the way you came. I need you to fulfill your destiny. I need you to anoint some people. God was saying, get out from under the covers and go join yourself to somebody and minister to them because ministry always brings you back. I think there were times that I got down my ministry, God sent me the worst cases. <laughs> because the worst cases, when you see God turn them around, it's the greatest miracle. What a miracle it is. And so when I saw them coming, all of a sudden I'd, I'd, I'd be occupied. I'd be occupied in ministry, and it would immediately put me back up. When I thought, so, there's nothing going on. There's just nothing happening. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, people got saved. 
You know what that does? <laughs> because that's where it's at. Elijah, I need you. You're going to make a difference in somebody's life. I think he's saying the same thing to us. Get up and get out there. You're somebody's light. Jesus said you're like a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We can't. You're somebody's word. You're going to bless somebody. You're going to say something to somebody. See, how many know sometimes you're down and all it takes is a word? Just somebody speak a word into your life and you get back on your feet. You're somebody's answer to prayer, every one of you. There's a world out there. And listen, there's a world out there waiting to see how you handle this. They're, waiting, they're watching to see how we handle the situation that we're in. A world waiting for our decision, whether we're going to lay down or get back up and get in the game. It's kind of like Israel waiting for King David. You remember when his child died? While the child was sick, he would not bathe. He just laid down. He wouldn't eat. In fact, the Bible says he spent his night nights lying on the ground. He didn't even go to his bedroom. He spent his nights lying on the ground. He wouldn't get up and eat with them. He didn't even feel like going to church. The child died, and the servants thought, oh, boy, what is the king going to do now? As soon as he heard that the child had died, he got up from the ground. He washed himself. He bathed himself. He put on some clothes, and he went to God's house and worshiped. And he began to eat again. And the servants asked him, said, King, why are you acting this way now? You, you were terribly de depressed and down as long as the child was alive. But now that he's died, we thought it would be worse. Because while he was alive, he was a mess. And now he's dead and you get up and eat. And David said, can I change what happened? I can't change what happened. Can you? We can't change things. There are things that are going to happen. And the enemy's going to make sure there are things that would knock us down for a moment, pull us down for a moment, get on our mind, cause us to lose sleep for a little bit. He's going to make sure that. But David said, I got a kingdom to run. I got to get back out there. And God said, Elijah, I'm not finished with you. I still need you to make a difference in somebody's life. And he's saying to us today, church, I need you to get up and make a difference in somebody's life. Let me, let me close with this, and then we'll do, do something in just a moment. But I want to, as they were walking and talking, the Bible says, a chariot of fire came down to where they were at, picked up the Elijah, and he went to heaven in a whirlwind. You see, you don't know what God has in store for you just around the corner. See, God's planned for you. He knew you in your mother's womb. Every day of your life is written down in a book before it was, you ever drew your first breath. We talked about that a couple years ago here. He's got plans for you. Elijah would have missed that chariot ride if he'd have stayed under the tree. He couldn't see through his discouragement enough to see what God had in store for him. And sometimes when we're in that spot, we forget the promises. 
we forget the promises. That, because we've got all these voices and everything coming in. But the Bible says in Psalms that God is greater than the noise of many waters and many voices. <laughs> That's why the angel had to get him up and say, Elijah, come on, get up, eat. If you only knew what God has waiting for you. And you cannot be in a defeated state to receive it. You can't be where you're at to receive what God's got for you. You can't become dormant or inactive and still receive the blessings and the glory I have for you. Amen. So get, get out there. So Elijah got up and ate, got back in the game, 